Welcome to a special edition of the Radio Book Club, which is a collaboration between KGNU Community Radio and the Boulder Bookstore. I'm Maeve Conran and I have three very special guests joining me here at KGNU from the Boulder Bookstore to talk about what their favourite books of the year have been and to give us some end of year recommendations. Delighted to have joining me Liesl Freudenstein, who is the children and young adult buyer of books at the Boulder Bookstore. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. And also joining us, we have Brad Costa from the Boulder Bookstore. Brad, it's great to have you here. Thank you very much. And also joining us, Stephanie Schindhelm, who is here at the KGNU studio. Thank you, Stephanie. Happy to be here. Well, before we delve into all your personal favourites and maybe some recommendations, How's the book buying industry going, Stephanie? Has this been a good year for books? It's been a pretty good year. There's been a lot of really great things that have come out and people have been buying books, which is always good for us. Uh, we like to be around to be able to talk about books with people for as long as we can. So, And one thing that's been exciting is that you have a lot of in-person author events now back at the bookstore. Yes. Has that been successful? Yes, it's it's been a great relief to be able to be back in the store with events. I mean, virtual was... Uh, really great to have when we couldn't get together, but it's I don't, it's just never going to be the same as just be, getting to be in the room with your favorite author, getting to ask them a question, having them sign your book. There's just like the energy at in-person events has been just really great. And are you hearing from authors that they're excited to be back out on the road oh, as well? Sure. Yeah, I've definitely talked to a lot of authors about just how much better it is to actually like be in the room with people who've read their books and are excited about it. You know, it's just it's just so much better. But we're going to hear everyone's favorite books of the year. But I want to to um, make sure that folks also pay attention if there are folks in your lives who you will be potentially buying a gift for. It's a wonderful time to find out what uh, what's really moving and shaking at the Boulder Bookstore, but also these three experts can give you lots of tips for children, young adult and adult readers as well. So Brad, you have a selection of books here in the studio. I'll take a photograph so our listeners can actually see it on the website. But tell us the books that you've been most excited about this year? Yeah, um, so I've got four that I brought with me today. Uh, for short stories, I have a book by Samantha Schweblin that's called Seven Empty Houses. Uh, that was really, really good, very powerful writing. Uh, I have The Trees by Percival Everett. Uh, the Trees was kind of a murder mystery, but kind of a cultural piece um, and was shortlisted for the Booker Prize. I've got the first volume of Lady Joker by Keio Takamura. That's kind of a police procedural set in Japan. Uh, and then Mount Chicago by Adam Levin, which is a really strong literary selection. OK, well, let's dig in a little bit more to each of those selections. Short stories. I'm a huge fan of short stories. So take us through who that author is, you know, what's in the collection, yeah. who would it appeal to? Um, so Samantha Schweblin, this is her fourth book. Uh, her other three, uh, two of them are traditional novels. This one she actually wrote when she was stuck in Patagonia. She's from uh, Argentina originally. She was living in Germany. She went to visit her mother and then COVID hit. So she kind of got just stuck in Patagonia and wrote these seven short stories that are all interconnected about houses and how they're mostly comfortable for you. And it's really creepy when they become not comfortable for you. So it's not quite horror, but it's a slow burn thriller throughout the seven stories. Uh, and they're all based around that kind of comfort of home being disturbed. Um, I, I really loved this book. I liked her little her last book as well called Little Eyes. Um, but I think this was a really strong short story collection. And is she known for her short stories? Her previous collection, was that short stories or uh, No, her form? previous one was a novel uh, based on robots living in your house that go awry, which was also really good and also very creepy. <laughs> well, I like the premise of both of those. Yeah. So took us through The Trees by Percival 
efforts. Yeah, the trees, uh, this is, there's a dead body that shows up in a house, two dead bodies show up in a house. Uh, the bodies are brought to a morgue, and then one of the bodies disappears and shows up at another murder scene. Uh, and then after a while, you realize that the people that have been murdered all have a connection to the Emmett Till killing. And it slowly evolves from there, where you have a, co a cultural critique on racial studies in the United States and racial issues. Uh, but it also turns into a ghost story at a certain point. Uh, it's also got a lot of humor in it. It's a very, very funny book. It's a lot of gallows humor, uh, for sure. Um, but it was, in my opinion, his best book to date. So if somebody's looking for something that they might compare that to, when I heard it was something that was set in Mississippi, I thought maybe Southern Gothic. But then I heard, no, it's a bit funny. It's a bit of horror. Yeah, so I couldn't even think of anything that might compare it to. He's kind of his own uh, his own genre into himself. He, he's a very funny writer. Uh, and this is his first, his second one that really got very big. Telephone was shortlisted for the Pulitzer. Uh, but he has his own unique style that I, I can't really compare to anybody else. How popular are these in the bookstore? Uh, the Trees has done very well. Seven Empty Houses just came out, so that one's still kind of getting going. Um, but The Trees has been doing pretty well since it came out about eight months ago. Now, one of the things I really appreciate about the Boulder Bookstore is that folks who work there have their own personal recommendations. And when you're going around the different bookshelves, you can see exactly who's recommending what and why. And I think that's such a, a lovely service to do for readers. So if folks were looking for these books in the bookstore, would they have little notes as to why Brad Costa appreciated them so much? These did. I believe Seven Empty Houses is going back up on the recommended case soon. Uh, the trees just came down, but we have plenty of copies in stock. Well, we're going to dig into your other two selections in just a moment. Yeah. But I do want to bring in Lisa who is known to Arcadian New listeners as somebody who will have great recommendations for young readers in your life because you're the buyer essentially for the young adult and children's books. And Isla, I always appreciate talking to you and I've gotten some great recommendations for my own kids. What's been really popular this year amongst young readers? Um, definitely graphic novels for the sort of, uh, you know, early readers, like six to all the way up to teen, actually. Um, graphic novels have just sort of exploded. The um, publishers are becoming more aware of it, so there's better content out there. It used to be, you know, you walk in and maybe there's one or two that came out that season, but now we actually had to expand our section because there's so many great ones. So we've, you know, doubled our graphic novel selection in the past year and a half. So I've often thought of graphic novels just for maybe teens or young teens, but I know even younger readers now, there's a more of an assortment and selection of graphic novels for them. It seems to be popular really across the, the age range of young readers. Yeah, we're actually even contemplating um, putting a graphic novel section in with our early readers, um, sort of creating the culling them out a little bit and creating a separate shelf for them because, you know, the kids are coming in really looking for them and very excited to be reading. And I think that's the great drive with um, graphic novels is the kids are excited about reading them. And I would like to give a shout out because I've spoken to school librarians and, you know, folks like yourself, Liesl, who really understand the appeal of certain books for young readers. I think a lot of parents sometimes think, no, a book has got to have a lot more text. But I know folks involved in literacy and book selling are like, this is a fantastic step into maybe more text driven books, but do not discount graphic novels at all if you've got young readers in your house. Right. I mean, I even used to say that before um, graphic novels became so popular, just about basic picture books, just your basic large format picture books. It's just illustrated text. It just brings a lot more um, understanding and awareness of what the story is about. And kid, you can really pay attention to the art and they really um, move off of one another. And so just because you can read 
nothing but text doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you know, you can't go back and appreciate some of the beautiful art and um, artistry that goes into making graphic novels. Well, to that end, do you have any graphic novels on your list of books that you really appreciated this year? I do, actually. I have two. Um, I had to, well, actually, I have three. Um, I ha- did have to limit myself because it could go a little crazy. Um, but for the earlier readers, kind of a step up from Dogman, if you have a kid in your family who's, you know, kind of hooked on Dogman and you're all, you ran out. Um, there's a book called The First Cat, First Cat in Space Ate Pizza. It's by one of my favorite authors, and he has been for a really long time. He just really has a very kid imagination and great appeal on Mac Barnett. Um, it's done in, you know, kind of pencil and um, light colors, so it's not heavy um, with the magazine-style, like, bright colors kind of thing. Um, but basically, there are rats that are eating the moon, and it's causing all kinds of problems. So the cat gets sent in space because obviously that's the best solution if you have a rat problem. And it just goes on for there. It's hilarious. I was reading it to Stephanie yesterday and she was trying to work, but um, that was, wasn't going very well because I kept saying, oh my God, you wouldn't believe what happened. You gotta go look at this. Can you look, look at this? And then I would you know, have to read it to her. Um, another one on my list that's for slightly older, um, again, is The Map Makers and The Lost Magic by Cameron Chittock. Um, it takes place in a valley, and the valley is kind of ru- um, run by these night coats. There used to be um, something called the um, map makers who were actually in charge of it. What I really liked about it is um, it's done in a different color palette. Again, not that really loud primary colors, but some softer colors in there. But it also has sort of a pioneer vibe to it, like a southwest frontiersman, old western kind of town. So I think that's kind of interesting and something interesting to see, especially, you know, coming from Colorado. And then the third one on my list is for even older, but you could, you know, read it at all different levels, is um, Shauna's Journey by um, Miyazaki, Hayao Miyazaki. This was written um, before he started Studio Ghibli, um, but this is the first time it's been translated into English. Uh, so it actually reads like a traditional Japanese, so it reads from the left to the right, right to the left. Um, but it's basically, it's a Tibetan folk tale about where barley came from and why they use barley, what they call the golden seeds. But, you know, he's told it in his own way, so it's just really beautifully done. And you can see some of his, um, the the seeds if you could pardon the pun, of his later work start in this in this book. So it's really beautiful. So something in there for pretty early readers, middle readers, maybe a little bit older, younger readers. What about for the, the very young picture books or, you know, folks who were being read to? Because, of course, then you have to have something that the parents or the adults are going to engage with as well. Well, I've got one that... Um, we just got back in stock, so I'm super happy about it. It's for babies, so it's a baby board book um, called Our Friend Moon by Leah Raymond. And it's a shaped book, so it's round, but it comes in like a little slip case, so it sits on the shelf square, you know, so you could actually put it on a shelf. But you take the moon out, and you open it up, and it makes the circle, and it goes, there's a little poem that goes through all the phases of the moon. It's like, you may think I'm gone, but I smile back at you. And it's just, it's so cute. It's so, so very well done. Well, we are going to put a list of all of the books that we're talking about on our website. So do not fear. You can refer back at news.kgmu.org. As we are 
really recounting some of the favourite books from our guests from the Boulder Bookstore here on KGNU. We've just heard there from Liesel Freudenstein and before that we heard from Brad Costa and we're going to now turn to Stephanie Schindhelm. Now Stephanie, what books have you enjoyed reading this year? I've got five books on my list for the year. Um, the first up is You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Akwege Amezi. And uh, they've, I know we've talked about their books previously on this show because we're, there's a lot of big, we're, we're fans of their work uh, at the store. And this is their first foray into uh, romance. So previously they've written poetry and literary fiction and books for teens, and this is romance. But it's really gorgeously done because everything they write is really really well written it is uh, on the steamier side just to be upfront like it starts pretty much with things happening in a bathroom but <laughs> but it's about you know it's it, since it's a quick game as it's like you know the book is really about a lot more than just that like it's it's uh, the main character is a widow and uh she's trying to get like move beyond it's been like five years since her husband died and she's trying to move beyond that and so it's really about a, it's a journey of healing uh, in many ways but it's just really beautifully done uh, and I also read um, uh, The Ballad of Perilous Graves by Alex Jennings, who is really, really great urban fantasy. It's set in New Orleans-ish. It's There's New Orleans and maybe different New Orleans, but it's it's very dense fantasy that you really do have to be like paying attention to. But it reads, I think Liesl described it really well uh, to me earlier about it. it's, it's, it's like jazz where it's just very complex and you really need to be paying attention but it's really really rich like you just feel all the layers of this space that are that it's in it's really really fun uh then how to be eaten by maria adelman oh it it feels (laughs) this is um it's based on uh, classic fairy tales, but it's set in reality. So the premise is that there's a, a therapy group that's going to be happening, and there are five characters who you very quickly come to realize are basically five fairy tale characters. I think it's Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood, Bluebeard's girlfriend, uh, Gretel from Hansel and Gretel, and um, the last one, it's Rumpelstiltskin, that's what it is. It's the, the girl from Rumpelstiltskin. So you slowly hear their stories and why they're all here and why they're all trying to get past these traumas. But it's really it's really kind of about like women's stories and women being believed for the stories that they have and how like the media portrays women who have gone through some sometimes very traumatic things. So so these are five different stories. Are these short stories? It's is not, it all they're, one novel? They're, they're all in a therapy group together. So they, it's, it's kind of reads a bit like a short story collection because it's each sex each each woman has her moment to tell her story but they it's them they're they're all interacting with each other and they're all you know kind of commenting as the stories are going on because of course they they're all famous because they've heard oh i remember seeing that on the news so they're kind of commenting on like so you get like the perspective of like what they they haven't met each other before but you get they're like oh i i read i read this in some trashy newspaper about what you what you were doing and it was like is that really the whole story? The commentary on yeah. social media yeah, and other media as well. So well done. And then uh, The Book Eaters by Sunni Dean, which is sort of a twist on vampire on a vampire story, but instead of creatures who feast on blood, they eat books. Except 
sometimes they give birth to mind eaters who eat minds instead and that's like what they need to live and so it's really that that story is about motherhood because it's the main character uh devon has given birth to a mind eater and she loves her son fiercely and wants to do anything to protect him but he kind of needs to eat people's brains in order to live so it's like kind of this conflict of like what will she do for her son fantasy horror comedy fantasy horror kind of in that kind of mix and then my last book is nonfiction, and this is what it sounds like by Susan Rogers and Ogi Ogas. And this is uh, Susan Rogers. She was the like the the chief sound engineer for Prince for a number like Purple Rain and a couple of other things. And uh, so, it, and she was a music. She was a producer, like an executive producer for a lot of um, big. Uh, artists in like the 90s and then in her 40s decided that she uh, was really interested in how the brain processes music and so she left being uh, she left the music industry to get a PhD in uh, like cognitive neuroscience so essentially this book is about like how your brain takes in music and like what what you are what you like about music and how every person has their own listener profile and kind of goes into like the seven key elements of music that people respond to and I think one of the things I really loved about this book was that kind of throughout her big point is that there isn't good music and bad music there's music that you like and music that you don't like and so it's sort of like here are like some people really respond to lyrics some people really respond to melody and some people really respond to like you know authenticity and originality and different things so it's just it's really fascinating read and I think anyone who enjoys music like like it's one of those things that now like when I listen to music I'm like oh is it what am I responding to you know like what is it about this song that I really like or what is it about this song that irritates me you know so it's that just... reminds me a little bit of a book Oliver Sacks that famous mm-hmm. neurologist wrote about how our brain responds to music so mm-hmm. yeah but this sounds like really something for anyone who's just I suppose, interested in how the brain works. But really, what does she say you can get your listener profile by yeah. answering some questions well, and like she she'll she'll present like listen to these two songs and then like kind of say like 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 the, I think for the the rhythm one, it's like listen to this song and then afterwards like, what like how what, like what were you responding to in the beat like were you moving your hips were you kind of bobbing your head were you like which beat were you kind of like tapping along to and it's sort of like just it's just helping you focus in on like what is it in a music that you personally really respond to what gets your music crank going like yes that's what I she has also there's uh, there are playlists on Spotify and um, probably Apple Music and et cetera wherever you get your music that are tied to this. So you, it's really really super fun to read it. And, and she mentions a song. a song, and then you can go to the playlist and you can listen to the song. It's like oh, that's what she's talking about. Well, that was Stephanie's uh, list of books that have appealed to her. Well, we're going to go back to Brad. Brad, we've talked about a couple of your selection, but let's talk about the other two that you brought with you. Lady Joker. This is the first volume, so this indicates that this is part of a series. Tell us about the series and tell us about the book. Yeah, so it's uh, two volumes. The second volume did just come out this past October, so you can read the entirety of this work now. Um, in the 1980s, this is in, in real life, Uh, There was a kidnapping, and then a company was held hostage by a group called the Beast with 21 Faces, or the Monster with 21 Faces. Uh, And essentially what they did was they poisoned confectionaries and held the company hostage, saying, if you don't pay us, then we're going to poison all of your stock. Um, So the author, Keiro Takamura, took that and turned it into 
uh, a novel, just what she thought happened in the background, because those those people were never actually caught. Um, so what she did instead is a confectionery company. She has it based on a beer company. And she has five people that you find out about beforehand, the five people who commit the crime. So the first third of the book is learning about them and all of their issues. And then the second third and third third, you don't hear about them at all. It's just the police trying to solve this kidnapping and try to figure out this corporate espionage. Um, so I think this works really well for anybody that really likes mysteries, police procedurals, kind of thrillers. Uh, but there's no body count. Nobody dies in the entire book. So it's kind of a little bit uh, softer that way than most other mysteries. Um, but it was very powerfully written. The second volume was also really brilliant. Uh, and I think it kind of brought this case to light for an American audience in a way that they weren't really aware of it because it was just a Japanese crime at the time. So was this an English translation of a Japanese it book? Is, yes, this is her first book that's been translated. Uh, but I think they've got three or four more in the works already. And it's just going to be a two volume series. Yes. Yeah. So you're the fourth book that you have with us there. It's got a, a beautiful cover on it. Tell us exactly what that's all about. Yeah, Mount Chicago. A, Mount Chicago by Adam Levin. Um, so he's a really great literary writer, kind of uh, David Foster Wallace-esque. Um, this is, part of the book is about the author writing the book. And then part of the book is about a person who used to be a comedian, who's pretty offensive, who's now turned into a humorous writer. And then his entire family dies one day. Um, Chicago a huge crater forms where Chicago was and everybody that he knew dies. And then the mayor of the city, the mayor's aide and this comedian are going to start a, a benefit for, for the city and the families that are affected. So it's about his struggles with depression. And then it's about the mayor's aide. Who's a huge fan of him trying to get this guy out of his house and try to coax him back into real life so he can be funny again. Um, so it's about the lengths we go to try to entertain ourselves and also about grief and about not understanding other people's grief. Um, but it's, it's really beautifully written. It's his fourth book. Um, I think it's his, his best book so far. It's pretty dark, but it does have very humorous moments in it as well. Well, as I have been saying, we'll have a list of all of these books, the recommendations by Stephanie, Brad and Liesl from the Boulder Bookstore. They'll be at news.kgnu.org. Well, circling back to Liesl, now there are always so many young kids books, young adult books coming out. And I know you have a, a very long list. We've talked about some of the graphic novels and a baby board book. What about some of the other books that you've been excited about this year? Um, one of my favorite picture books that came out was a book called Night Owl. Um, it's this little owl dressed as a knight, and he really wants to be knight, as in with K-N, knight. Um, and so he, he wants to join the knight corps, and um, he's going through all the training and stuff like that. So, of course, they put him on knight duty, well, that's an N-I-G-H, after he finally graduates. It's very strong. Um, it's very hard for him to do so because he's tiny. He's like a little barn. It's just so cute. It's a little like barn owl or dwarf owl or something with a pygmy owl. Um, but all the all the other characters are human, so they're all very big. But the art is just so detailed and so wonderful. It's got this sort of medieval kind of vibe to it. It looks like a little bit like a tapestry. Maybe not a tapestry, but a, but an oil painting or something like that. It's just, it's so, so cute. So, so well done. And of course, when he's on night duty, you know, he's doesn't have a lot of friends because everyone else falls asleep. And it's just a wonderful, sweet, sweet, sweet little story. And I love looking at the art. Um, another picture book that I like looking at the art of is um, Sophie Blackhall's book, um, The Farmhouse. This is her new book this year. She um, she tends to write longer um, 
picture books, so there's a lot more words in it. Um, so, you know, it does take a little bit to go through it. But one of the reasons it does take a little longer to go through it is her artwork is just so detailed and so layered. And there's so many different facets that, you know, each time you turn a page or go back and look at it again, there's another element that you realize that you may have missed or means something different. And she's really remarkable to listen to when she talks about her art because you're like, wow, I had, n you know, even though you're exploring, but she explains how even there's more and more and more depths behind everything. This book is about a farmhouse that she actually bought and is on her property. And there was a family of 12 that lived in it. And, you know, slowly it, it, you know, so they, she tells the story of how they grew up or what their lives might have been like in this farmhouse. But as the last one left, it started to fall apart and become decrepit and um, dilapidated and stuff. And so she found all these treasures inside of it. So she created this whole story and she incorporates some of the treasures in her art. That's how intricate it is. It's really, really amazing. Um, jumping up a grade level or jumping up to the middle grade that is not a graphic novel my favorite one this year is rover's story um, by jasmine Marga. it is the story of a mars rover and it is just so wonderful i think it's it's like everything i would like everything i would want in a picture book or sorry a middle grade book when I was that age, it's got a little bit of tears, it's got a little bit of tension, it's got a little bit of wonderment and surprise, and it basically, Resilience is the name of the rover, and he comes online, and he's learning and, and exploring and, you know, observing, so you get, he's definitely, you know, aware, becoming aware, and you get his story, but it's also the story of the scientist's daughter who's building the resilience because she's feeling a little abandoned because her mom is constantly working on this robot. <laughs> so she's writing letters to resilience. So you get the two sides and it does take place over many, 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 many years because it takes a while to get to Mars, apparently. <laughs> so <laughs> far away. <laughs> so apparently it's very far away. Um, it is grounded in science, but it is still fiction. So do keep that in mind, all you NASA people. That um, you know, oh, there's some liberties fictional license. Liberties are taken, <laughs> but it's still you know the basic science is sort of there. It's just brilliant. I just love it. Now you said that's for middle readers. What kind of grades, ages? Typically, yeah, is that for? like eight to twelve? Um, this one reads probably more firmly. A typical 10-year-old, maybe. Like, so it's pretty, for, reads pretty right down the middle of that. Um, you know, obviously an 8-year-old who reads really well and is interested in the topic can read it. And a 12-year-old who just likes a really good-hearted story. Or their parents. Or their parents, apparently. <laughs> okay, well, as we are running out of time, one last book, maybe recommendation for older, young readers. And don't forget that we'll have all of these books and more because we don't get to talk to about all of, of Liesl's recommendations, but they will be at news.kgnu.org. What would your final recommendation be? I think I've actually done pretty well this time getting through them. <laughs> um, uh, so Tracy Chi um, had a book that was long listed for the National Book Award this year called A Thousand Steps Into Night. And this one was just, I think, an utter, utter delight. And I gave it to my daughter. And my daughter's um, 19, and she thought it was really, really incredible. It's not necessarily only for, like, 19 and up. It's definitely 16 to 
you know, it's a, a young adult. Yeah, it's a young, <laughs> it's a young adult book, and it's pretty clean. So you know, it's not like that, but it's it's definitely got a Japanese bent to it. Um, so there are Japanese demons in it and spirits that you have to confront. And basically, our heroine encounters one of these demons and is cursed. And in order to get rid of the curse, she has to go find on a big quest and along the way she meets a chatty magpie spirit and a cloud that can help her and it's just it's told in just a really vibrant kind of fun way and it was at the ending is just perfect too (laughs) (laughs) well lots and lots of book recommendations for any reader in your life or indeed for yourself we will put all of the books that we have talked about and more at the website news.kgmu.org but you have been listening to Liesl Freudenstein Brad Costa and Stephanie Schindhelm from the Boulder Bookstore joining us for our annual year in review and book recommendations here on KGNU thank you all so much for coming in Thank you, Maeve. Thank you.